Welcome to another Look Podcast, beloved. I'm your host, Minister Kenneth Davis, a.k.a. the Esquire who's on fire for the Lord. This podcast is designed to take a second look, albeit sometimes even a critical look, into our beliefs and approach with those who may not share our same beliefs and faith. How can we reach someone we're unwilling to understand and respect? Maybe we need to tear down and rebuild. Let's begin the process, my brother and sister. You ready? Let's go. Tranquility Base here. The Eagle has landed. Welcome to another Look Podcast. This is your brother, Brother Kenneth L. Um, this is your brother in the Lord. Just a simple man, really. Um, I don't know why I'm saying a simple man, but, you know, there's nothing simple in the body of Christ, right? But I, I woke up this morning. I just got back from a business trip, and I woke up this morning. Um, and, uh, you know, it was the night before I got back, a little tough, had some life situations come up that made me rethink and regroup, but God is good. So I was saying, I woke up this morning and I looked out the window and, you know, I just really began to understand that no matter what, where I may find myself, God is still present with me. And I'm, I'm grateful for that. I looked and the sun was shining right through my window. And I sat there and said, wow, man, I am a blessed man. You know, I know it seems simple. I know it seems kind of corny sometimes. But, you know, when you get older, you begin to look at life differently. And maybe it's not the age that's the relevant thing. But for me, it is because, you know, people I grew up in, with and in life and being part of my life were no longer here. And it makes you really take stock of things. And, you know, I know for some of you who may be younger, even for some of you who may be older, you know, you may think, eh, come on, man, live your life. And I am. But it doesn't hurt to stop and take stock of life, to deconstruct the things and remove the things from your life that are irrelevant and to add things to your life that are relevant. And relevancy changes relative to time sometimes. And I won't get into that too much, but... I just want to do this, and, and this is just a brief few seconds. I just want to say to anyone and everyone who's listening, thank you. It doesn't matter if it's just one person. It doesn't matter if it's thousands or whatever, millions. I just want to say thank you because, not because you're listening to the podcast. I want to say thank you because you're still here, and we're all connected. God made us all to be connected, and I'm learning not to take that for granted realize I said the word I'm learning that means I'm still a student I'm learning not to take you for granted because your impact in my life whether I know you or not still matters if you listen to this podcast you're impacting my life and I'm impacting your life and you know who's impacting both of our lives the love of God because God's using both of us to make a difference and I want to also say this to you whether I know you or I don't know you I love you why do I love you? Because God loved me when I was unlovable. And no one loves people more than the people who went through seasons of not being loved, of not being liked. And it's not to sit there and have a, a pity party. That's not the point of this. The point of it is to say, those who have experienced lack of love or have experienced loss at a greater level, learn to love at a deeper level. And I want you to know that if nobody told you today, 
we at Another Look Podcast, your brother here, Brother Ken, loves you. And you you have value. You have worth. If you're breathing, that means God created you with a purpose. And you have you have value. You have value. I don't care if you if people are telling you, you don't. Trust me, you do. And as long as you're breathing, you have a you God put you here with a purpose and a plan. And even if you don't know what it is, just keep walking. You know, some things in life, most people won't say this to you, um, but I'm going to say it. A lot of things in your life you don't know anything about. You simply walk into it. Some things you stumble into and you walk right into without even knowing and it's your destiny and purpose you just stumbled into or walked into. So I want to encourage you, keep walking. Keep going forward. Because nothing happens when you stay still. Keep going forward. Through your pain, through your doubt, through your confusion, keep moving forward. Because God has purpose for you. And it doesn't matter how many failures you believe you've had. As long as you're breathing, you're not a failure. You're a success. Hope that encouraged someone out there. I just wanted to say that. So I want to get started into episode four. We're still in the series Believer to Follower. And we're talking about, you know, moving from being a person who is just born again or saved to someone who now is a disciple of Christ. And we're coming out of the book of James. And we spent a lot of time, three different series and talking from James 1 and James 2. Now we're in. Um, And I won't go into a recap. I did that last time. And I'm going to ask it, please, if you don't mind, if you want to see or want to go over what we went into, um, most of it was in James 1 series, uh, episode 1 in this series was about the power of enduring. I won't go into what that is. Just go back and listen to it. It'll bless you. Episode 2, I believe, was on, um, what was episode 2 on? Because I just went through, episode 2 was in the... uh, I keep saying less and more. Sorry about that. So episode two was on um, humbled and tempted. It was talking about, and I won't go into recap, but it, it was entitled humbled but tempted. And episode three was on the um, say less and do more. And that says a lot in the, of itself. But go back over those series, please. And um, it'll bless you. But I'm excited because I want to get into this next episode, which is called The Pendulum of Prejudice. And we're coming from James, the second chapter, verses 1 through 13. And let me give you a a heads up. This is a deep one. We're going to talk about how your prejudice and biases and preferences may actually be this very stumbling block that causes other people not to even want to come into the body of Christ. Or it could be the stumbling block that causes you to miss on your rewards and your blessings in heaven. may cause you to be the one that God will... uh, chastise when you're judged because you whether you realize it or not all of us and I'm just being honest including myself all of us have something where we have a prejudice a preference or a bias that hinders our growth in Christ and if we want this is the key you can stay where you're at but I don't know about you but I don't want to be the same place I was last year next year I want to grow my whole the whole point of being a believer not the whole point but one of the biggest aspects is to be a disciple to be a disciple means you're being disciplined you're being we're moving and gravitating into the life of christ which means we have to walk away from the old ways the old man and enter into the new man the the, the spirit man and that means we have to depart from our soulish proclivities 
to do certain things. Our soul can't control us. Our body, our flesh can't control us. We must be led by the spirit of God, which is connected to our human spirit. Because in the reality is, we're spirit beings having a human experience and not the opposite. We're not human beings having a spiritual experience. We were first spirit. That's why when, when, when in the book of, I believe, the book of Isaiah or book of Jeremiah, I'm sorry. When God said, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. Because you were first a spirit being. So now we have to take off the old man. That's why in Romans 12 it says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Be transformed, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And we're being renewed in, a, in the spirit of our, in, in our mind to come back to the way we used to be before the fall of man. So with all that said, let's get into it. Let's, we're in James, the second chapter, verses 1 through 13. And I'm going to be reading this from the New Living Translation, which as you know by now is one of my favorite versions. Um, of the Bible. I know there are others, but you know, wherever you feel comfortable, you read it. But I'm going to read this from the New Living Translation. My dear brothers and sisters, how can you claim to have faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ if you favor some people over others? For example, suppose someone comes into your meeting dressed in fancy clothes and expensive jewelry, and another comes in who is poor and dressed in dirty clothes. If you give special attention and a good seat to the rich person, but you say to the poor one, you can stand over there or else sit on the floor. Well, doesn't that discrimination show that your judgments are guided by evil motives? Listen to me, dear brothers and sisters. Hasn't God chosen the poor in this world to be rich in faith? Aren't they the ones who will inherit the kingdom he promised to those who love him? But you dishonor the poor. Isn't it the rich who oppress you and drag you into court? Aren't they the ones who slandered Jesus Christ, whose noble name you bear? Yes, indeed, it is good when you obey the royal law, as found in the scriptures. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you favor some people over others, you are committing a sin. You are guilty of breaking the law. For the person who keeps all of the laws except one is as guilty as a person who has broken all of God's laws. For the same God who said you must not commit adultery also said you must not murder. So if you murder someone but do not commit adultery, you, you have still broken the law. So whatever you say or whatever you do, remember that you will be judged by the law that sets you free. There will be no mercy for those who have not shown mercy to others. But if you have been merciful, God will be merciful when he judges you. Thus I read James, the second chapter, the first through the 13th verse. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word and sanctify these truths within your heart. So let's talk, y'all. Prejudice, the pendulum of prejudice. Let's talk about what the definition of a pendulum is. And I'm going from the Oxford Dictionary. The, the definition of pendulum is a weight hung from a fixed point so that it can swing freely backward and forward, especially a rod with a weight at the end that regulates the mechanism of a clock. It's used to refer to the tendency of a situation to oscillate between one extreme and another. Hmm. That says right. That says a lot right there. That can preach right there. So let's talk about this. See, when we're talking about prejudice or favoritism or biases, these are all indicators that we have a deficit in our faith walk. We have a deficit in our love. In other words, our love account is overdrawn. 
but how 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 brother Ken is do I show favoritism well do you prefer someone who is wealthy or rich over someone who's impoverished do you do you I mean here's here's a good one I'm sorry that was me I apologize <laughs> I hit my mic alright so do you, yeah do you prefer someone who's rich or wealthy over someone who's impoverished do you prefer one race or ethnicity over another Meaning, you know, if you're black, do you prefer your people who are black over someone who's white? And vice versa, if you're white, do you favor someone who's white over someone's black? Are you, are you more comfortable amongst someone who looks like you? Are, are, do you prefer someone who is an American over someone who's a non-American or an immigrant? What about physical attributes? Do you prefer, if you're a skinny person, do you prefer skinny people over someone who is uh, considered obese? Or vice versa, if you're obese, do you prefer someone who's obese over someone who's skinny? Someone who's short versus someone who's tall. Someone whose skin tone, mm, colorism. Do you prefer someone who's light skin or someone who's dark skin? What about facial features? Do you prefer someone with certain facial features versus someone who doesn't have those facial features? Here's one. What about church versus the unchurched? I, I grew up in church. I know there are people who prefer to be around people who've been who grew up in church versus people who were unchurched. And I've been around a lot of unchurched people. Who don't like people who've been in church because they feel like they, you know, they they talk down to them. What about denominational biases? Oh, you're Kojic, so you don't like anybody who's Baptist. Oh, you're Baptist, so you don't like anyone who's holiness. So you're holiness, so you don't like anybody who is PAW. Or you're PAW, you don't like anybody who is uh, Assemblies of God. Oh, you're Assemblies of God, so you don't like anyone who is Methodist. Oh, you're Methodist, so you don't like anyone who is uh, uh, AME. You know, these denominational biases, I mean, I grew up with them all over the place. We would segregate ourselves, especially, it's crazy, because growing up in the black church, I would see, you know, Baptists separate from, from holiness, all because of theoretical differences. You know, you don't baptize in Jesus' name only, so you're you're going to hell. You baptize in, in in Jesus' name only, so you're going to hell because it says baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. You know, all these things. How about regional biases, y'all? I don't like you because you're from the north. I don't like you because you're from the south. I don't like you because you're from the east coast. I don't like you because you're from the west coast. I mean, all of these things, whether you believe it or not, it factors into how we walk among our brothers and sisters. And this is the sad part. To show partiality to one group tells the other group they hold a lesser value to you. If you prefer one group, you're saying yes to one group, you're saying no to the other. And see, this is the thing. If they're young in faith, that may interrupt them based on how they view God. If you're a younger person, I mean, if you're an older person in the faith, and you approach a younger person in the faith, and they, that young person in the faith reveres you and respects you and so they consider your actions as the actions of God too. They don't consider you God but they figure okay well if Brother Ken is sitting here you know hating on me because you know I'm, I come from an, un an unchurched background and you know he grew up in church then maybe God feels the same way about me. Yeah to you it may seem you know uh, minuscule but to them it is a big deal and it doesn't matter what their age is physically if you're a new baby in Christ and they're, they're not familiar or, or keen to how they're supposed to behave as a Christian, they're going to look at how you behave as an indicator of how they should behave and they'll act accordingly. This is how people f grow in, in, in with faulty beliefs and understandings because they're following people who have these faulty 
beliefs and understandings. Let me give you another good example. Educated versus what they deem as uneducated. Um, I love the church I grew up in. I won't get into it, but those who know me know what it is. But one of the things that was a big thing was being educated. And it was important at that time because at the time I was growing up, there was not a level of playing field. There's still not, but there was even a worse playing field. There's no equity or equality at all. And one of the greatest uh, equalizers was having an education as a person of color. But And so that was on such a high commodity such that people who may not have had the education were kind of sometimes looked down upon. And even now today, it's funny because I saw this quote um, from a famous martial artist, and it's true. He said that when people, when you meet people for the first time and they ask you, what do you do for a living? One of the main reasons why they're doing that is to size you up as to how much respect they'll give you. And that is so true. There are people who, when they see me, I'm a, you know, a, 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 not a short, but I'm not a tall man of color, uh, ro- ro- you know, robust. Um, um, I am, yes, I'm educated. You know, I, some of them could infer that from the way I talk, but also, you know, when they ask me what I do for a living, you know, sometimes I purposely leave out that I practice law. Or sometimes leave out that I have a law degree because then it seems like they put on a different air. They put on a different level of respect for me. They treat me, they talk to me in a different tone of, 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 of reverence because I have a law degree. But what does that matter? Shouldn't you give me the same respect if I have just a high school diploma? And not to say just, but I'm saying whether I have a high school diploma or a law degree, the same level of respect should be given, period. And even if I don't have a high school diploma, should I disrespect a person who, who may have a GED or doesn't even have a GED? No, they're breathing. Like I said in the beginning of this episode, the fact that they're breathing means they have value and they have purpose and they have and God has a plan for them. They should be given the same amount of respect as I would to the president, as I would to any person of, of, any, of any kind of organization, of any person, period, not because of what they do, but because of who they are in the eyes of God and what, how God views them is how I should view them. But there is a huge, that's another uh, area of bias and, and preference in the church is that we distinguish people based on their education. And I've even seen, and it was rare, but I've recently saw where someone who doesn't have all that education disrespect the people who do. And I'm like, where does this come from? I mean, is it a fear? I don't know. But it was sad because it made other people walk away. But again, we got to be careful because, listen, beloved, when we start showing partiality, when we start showing preference to people who look like us, who have similar backgrounds, we are saying no to another people, set of people who don't. If I'm, a, if I'm a Republican and I only listen to people who are, have a Republican political background, I'm saying no to the Democrats. If, I, if I'm a Democrat and I listen to people with Republican or, or I disrespect people who are Republican, I'm leaving out a whole sector of brothers and sisters who could contribute greatly in my life. You can't, we cannot separate ourselves based on our fleshly preferences and proclivities. Because let's be honest, the things we're talking about are all fleshly. There is nothing in the Bible that gives a justification for favoring rich and wealthy over poor or for favoring poor over rich and wealthy or for favoring race over one race over another 
or favoring another ethnicity over another or another uh, you know nationalism over another or physical attributes over another or church affiliations over another or region or education over another nothing in the bible says that nothing in the bible says that i'm going to get to the scripture that says this because there's a lot of examples in the bible where this went down like this look at let's look at galatians 3 26 through 29 it says for you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus and all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes there is no longer Jew or Gentile slave or free male or female for you are all one in Christ Jesus and now that you belong to Christ you are the true children of Abraham you are his heirs and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you going back it says there is no longer Jew or Gentile slave or free male or female for you are all one in Christ Jesus so why are we separating why am I why is my preference for people who look like me preside over what God wants see and this is the thing and I'm not saying this to make you feel bad or condemn you because they were dealing with this back in even in the early church take a look at this this is in um peter actually paul admonished the church of corinth for this this is the division between rich and poor look at first corinthians 11 17 through 22 i'm reading this in the new living translation but in the following instructions i cannot praise you for it sounds as if more harm than good is done when you meet together first i hear that there are divisions among you when you meet as a church and to some extent i believe it but of course there must be divisions among you so that you have god's approval so that you who have god's approval will be recognized so paul's not saying that you know divisions are bad he's saying there are divisions that are good and those are the ones that you know god has set aside but when you meet together you're not really interested in the lord's supper for some of you hurry to eat your own meal without sharing with others as a result, some go hungry while others get drunk. What? Don't you have your own homes for eating and drinking? Or do you really want to disgrace God's church and shame the poor? What am I supposed to say? Do you want me to praise you? Well, I certainly will not praise you for this. And I give respect to my pastor who broke this down. What he was sharing was that in the church of Corinth, you have people who were wealthy who could bring meat to the supper. And those who were poor who would bring vegetables to the supper. And the people who were wealthy were eating the meat and all that stuff up before the poor arrived. And then they would share, you know, some or none with the poor. Again, pre preferential, the pendulum of their prejudice. They preferred their people who were like them, wealthy and rich, who could afford meat and would eat with them before the people who could only bring vegetables would come. And so some people would go hungry. And yet we're all, we're all supposed to be Christians, but yet we have preferences, right? Peter and Paul had the same confrontation um, in the church of Antioch in Galatians 2, 11 through 21. I won't read 11 through 21, but I'll read some of it. And again, this is Galatians 2. But when Peter came to Antioch, I had to oppose him to his face. For what he did was very wrong. When he first arrived, check this out, he ate with the Gentile believers who were not circumcised. But afterward, when some friends of James came, Peter wouldn't eat with the Gentiles anymore. He was afraid of criticism from these people who insisted on the necessity of circumcision. As a result, other Jewish believers followed Peter's hypocrisy, and even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. 
when I saw that they were not that they were not following the truth of the gospel message, I said to Peter in front of all the others, since you a Jew by birth have discarded the Jewish laws and are living like a Gentile. Why are you now trying to make these Gentiles follow the Jewish traditions? You and I are Jews by birth, not sinners like Gentiles, yet we know that a person is made right with God by faith in Jesus Christ, not by obeying the law. Mm. So even Paul was calling Peter out saying, yo, dude, before your boys from from from." James, the, your fellow Jews came. You were sitting here eating the same food as the Gentiles and me. We we weren't putting any uh, boundaries or, or bondages on the Gentiles. But as soon as your boys came from Jerusalem, you all of a sudden became the, the great Jew. You all of a sudden became the, the father of the law, where you now you want to tie him up with these yokes of circumcision, and now you want to even eat with them. So these are your brothers in the Lord, but you want to be different now that your boys from Jerusalem came. See, even Peter was struggling with his preferences. He preferred those who were Jews over those who were Gentiles. Again, nationality discrimination. And so I'm saying all that to say it wasn't, this is not something new. This was something that the early church was dealing with. But see, we got to be careful because the very thing we are rejecting when we choose our preferences and our biases and our prejudices, the very thing we're rejecting is the very thing God uses. It's the very thing I use. People didn't respect, they didn't regard and listen to Jesus because they said, well, hold on, dude, your father's a carpenter. Who are you? You don't come from a line of priest. So they disrespected him. They disregarded him because they didn't see him as worthy because he didn't come in a certain way. He didn't come from a certain lineage. So they rejected him. Same thing we saw, you know, in, um, and so in, in, let me go back to the scripture. Look at Mark. 12, 10 through 11. I'm reading this in the Amplified Version. They rejected Jesus, who was the chief cornerstone. And it says, Have you not even read the scripture? The stone which the builders regarded as unworthy and rejected, this very stone has become the chief cornerstone. This came about from the Lord, and it is marvelous and wonderful in our eyes. You know, how many times, and I know many of you may have experienced this, if, especially if you have more than one um, sibling in your household. And this may not apply to you. Some of you may have seen it with other households. There may be the, you know, David went through this, where there is, you know, in household. And, and parents, you may say you don't, but sometimes you do have favorites. You know, but there are times, like in the house of Jesse, David was like the least thought of. And when Samuel came to look for the king that God told him to look for, it, Jesse brought all of his sons in except the one that he thought the least of, David. But that was the very thing God was using. That's the very person God wanted to be king over Judah and Israel. And so the same thing we saw, because remember, Jesus came through the line of David. We saw, we see the same thing with Jesus. They wanted a Messiah who was like an overthrow of Rome, but he came as a lamb. And they didn't see him as worthy because he didn't come through a lineage, a priest, or came from what they deemed would be worthy acceptance for someone to, to speak to them. You probably are going through the same thing or have experienced it. You may not know much, but when you, but you know God's using you. 
But because people look at you and say, well, you don't have a degree. Uh, well, you don't run with this crowd. Or, well, you don't come from this church. Or, well, you you know, you don't look like a preacher. You're a little skinny thing. Or, oh, you're too fat to be a preacher. Or, you know, whatever it may be. People will use anything and everything to try to find an excuse as to why you can't be the one. But the reality is the very thing that people reject from you is the very thing God uses from you. See, what you what you favor and we're getting back to you and me when it comes to our preferences and biases what you kind of favor could offend God you favor the wealthy and the rich at the expense of the poor but these are the people that you favor or like could be the right people and I'm not again I'm not trying to slam people who are wealthy or rich for the sake of having wealth or rich that's not the point of being wealthy and rich is not that God has a pro- God does not have a problem with you being wealthy or rich what has a problem is what drives you what's your why behind your wealth you know because it's God who gives you the power to get wealth but did you get wealth by your own hands and if you did do you see yourself as a God at the expense of God being Lord in your life see these the whether it is whether you, whoever you favor whatever you favor whatever your you swing meaning your pendulum of preference swings you know if you just if, whether it be race um, financial status physical attributes church affiliations, regional bias, education versus non-education, wherever it swings, the very thing that you may favor or like could be the very thing that is offensive to God. What if those same people you like slander the name of Jesus or dishonor the poor, dishonor their parents? What if these are the very people that are so litigious when they want to sue for everything? And not the saying suing is sin, but it's someone who keeps bearing false witness against another, that is sin. What about the if you favor people who are oppressors? Hmm. Yeah. What if you favor someone who oppresses their wife or their kids or their husband? What if you favor someone who oppresses the people who may not have? For example, there are people, and I'm, I'm learning this myself. I'm getting into some things, you know, from a business venture standpoint, where I'm getting into the company of, of people who do what I, what I want to do at a greater level, and they are doing a great job. But they're doing it at the expense of people who can't afford what they offer. Now, does it mean they should get they should short their services? No. But you know, there is a thing called mercy. There is a thing called you know, give and it shall be given unto you. And not and sometimes you have to give, but not expecting something in return. But when you meet, run into people that all they want to do is is you know take and not have any mercy, that's those are very people that disrespect what God wants to do we got to get back to it y'all we got to get back to the very thing that God told us to do and it's in Matthew 22 36 to 40 and I'm going to read this in the New Living Translation it says teacher what is, what, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Again, I'm ready from Matthew 22, 36 to 40. But see, then there's another question the Apostle John brought up. 
in 1 John 4, 19 through 21, which I'll read in the Amplified Version, and it says this, we love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, and hates or works against his Christian brother, he is a liar. For the one who loves does not love his, for the one who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God whom he has not seen. I'm going to read that again. If anyone says, I love God and hates, works against his Christian brother, he is a liar. For the one who does not love his brother whom he has seen, cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, that the one who loves God should also unselfishly love his brother and seek the best for him. And when I say him, this is neutral, him or her. How can I, see this is the thing. If I'm saying, I, I excuse me, I hit my mic again. If I say I love black people, nothing wrong with that. But if I can't, if I cannot say I love white people, if I cannot, if I can say I, I love people from New Jersey, but I hate people from New York, or, or I, I love, I love my brother, um, I love my brother James over there in uh, Philly, but I hate my brother um, Paul in Detroit. Both Christians, but I'm hating on them. I'm hating on Paul loving James. I'm a hypocrite. The book says very clearly, I'm here in 1 John 4, that I can't say I hate one and I love God. If I, I mean, really, if I hate one, I hate God. Let's be clear. To hate one is to hate God. I can't sit here and say, I love uh, my black brothers and sisters in Christ and I don't love my white brothers and sisters in Christ. Let's ask this question of yourself. When was the last time you had fellowship with someone who doesn't have your same ethnicity, color of skin, nationality? My white brothers and sisters, do you have a black friend? I mean, someone you fellowship with. Someone you can go over to their house and their kids know you. And you know them. You can go over to their house and they know you and they can come over to your house. When was the last time you had lunch with someone who doesn't look like you? My brother, my sister, black or white, Latino. When was the last time you had someone who doesn't talk Hispanic or talk Spanish or, or talk, you know, um, your native tongue? When was the last time you had fellowship with someone who's not your size? Is there one in your company, someone who is, you know, your same size? When was the last time you had someone with a different skin tone? When was the last time you had fellowship with someone with different facial features? When was the last time you hung out with someone who's not in your denomination? When was the last time you had a conversation with someone who doesn't have your education level? When was the last time you actually spent time with someone who doesn't even have anything in common with you except this one thing, they love the Lord? If you can't really answer this question, I mean, do a heart assessment. If you can't answer this question in the affirmative, you have a heart. You have a heart issue, my brother, my sister. You have your pendulum swings on two different extremes. On one extreme, you love God, but on the other extreme, you hate your brother or your sister. 
not because of anything they did to you, not that that would be justified either, but because of what they look like. You're doing what Peter did. You're, you're being two-faced. In church, you're loving them. Oh, I love you, brother. I love you, sister. You're hugging them. But outside of church, you won't even pick up the phone. You won't even give them your number to call you. See, you're fair-weathered. You may be a leader in the church, but you're not really leading in the body of Christ because you're a hypocrite. And that applies across the board. If you're Listen, I'm probably harder on my own um, group of people because we as people of color, we like to segregate ourselves, even though the law says we don't have to do that any longer. We do that because we don't want to be, I guess, harmed or whatever. But y'all, it's wrong. Come you out from among them. You're wrong. You cannot sit there and say, uh, my whole preference is towards people of color or, or, or I love you know my pastor because he's a man of color or I love my, my, my pastor because she's a woman of color or I love my pastor because he's white or my pastor because she's white you know, or Hispanic or whatever. If your preference for finding a, a spiritual leader is based on race, you're in sin. You can't receive from a man because he's Hispanic. You can't receive from a woman because she's white. You can't receive from a, a man because he's black. He's preaching the word of God. What does it matter what color he is? So really, this is a situation where we need to search our heart and be honest. Because this is where we really, this is where we all, myself included, need the Holy Spirit to perform and uproot, do, do spiritual surgery on our heart. But first we have to expose it. So let's be clear, you know, brothers and sisters, look, admit it, admit your fault. If you are that way, you don't have to go before anyone else. Go before the Lord and say, God, I'm so sorry. I have sinned against you and against the kingdom of God. I have this, this, this pendulum of prejudice. I have this weight in my life where I prefer certain people and certain ethnicities, certain groups, whatever it may be. God, this is wrong and I know it's sin. Forgive me. I repent of my wrong. Create in me a clean heart, Lord. Renew within me a right spirit and put me in a place where I can walk in love towards all my brothers and sisters. I have strayed and I want to come home. Get it right before God and ask him to put me in check. Keep me in, put me in, in mind when I have a certain leaning in a certain direction because of how a person looks. Lord, correct me. I submit you. See, that's asking God to now be Lord in your life. You're giving him control of your emotional intelligence, of your, your soulish leanings and proclivities. You're, you're giving him control of your mind. And you give him control, most importantly, of your heart. Because that's where the issues come out of, right? Isn't that what the Bible says? Guard your heart for out of it flow the issues of life. We're talking about a, a life issue that made you this way. You weren't born this way. You were formed and shaped into this sinful way. And so now God has to uproot that issue in your heart. Beloved, listen. You're not alone in what you're struggling with. When it comes to this particular issue, we all fall. We all have these leanings, but it's wrong. It's sin. And God wants us to grow 
Because this very thing I'm talking about right here is one of the greatest hindrances that keep us from experiencing true fellowship with the Lord. This is the one thing that makes us Pharisees and Sadducees and not followers. We can't turn our noses up at Matthew and Zacchaeus and, and, the, uh, and Mary Magdalene's of our lives. Come off your, your high horse. Humble yourself. And understand that every person you come across, no matter what they look like, no matter where they, you may find them, no matter what they look like, no matter where you find them, no matter what they say or what they think, they have value and merit to God's kingdom. Deal, give your prejudices, give your biases, give your preferences, give your bigotry to God, and walk in the newness of life. I pray this word was a blessing to you. Um, I know it wasn't hard. I know it was hard. I know it's tight, but it's right. Because we cannot, if we're going to be disciples of Christ, we cannot walk preferring one group over another, or one person over another, or one thing over another. We prefer God's way and God's way only. Amen? Well, listen. If you haven't done so, please feel free to subscribe on Apple. Uh, we're on Google Podcasts. We're on all these different platforms, which at the point now, I'm, I lost track. <laughs> but whatever platform you're listening to me on today, I ask you to subscribe to our podcast. Again, it's Another Look Podcast. And uh, if you have time, feel free to leave us a review on that particular medium. Um, if you need to reach us, we're available on our Facebook page on our Instagram page, also available on Twitter, even though I don't really follow the Twitter one as much, my daughter does, um, and if you um, prefer email, our email address is alptrinity1 at gmail.com. Well, I pray this was a blessing to you, and we'll continue on in our series. I believe we're in James 2 again uh, for the next one, and I'm trying to get to that page where I see the headings of where we're going to be going um, so I don't know but uh, just stay tuned we'll be back in a, probably another two or three weeks to talk about our next episode which is uh, <laughs> wow I like this one DOA faith coming from James 2 14 through 26 again it's DOA faith amen well I love you guys. I hope you have a great day. And look, get outside. Get some of this vitamin C, I guess it's called. Get some of the sunshine. And I hope your, 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 your wishes and dreams come true. And I pray that you stay faithful in the things that God has given you. Amen. Love you. Hey, thank you for listening to another look podcast. For now, we're going to offer the call of salvation. And I'm going to offer you two scriptures. The first one is Romans 10, 9. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. The other one, Ephesians 2, 8, 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith. 
And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. So now I'm going to ask you to pray this with me in faith. And I want you to believe that everything you pray is true and God will answer. So pray this after me. Lord, I admit I am a sinner. I need and want your forgiveness. I accept your death as the penalty for my sin. I recognize that your mercy and grace is a gift you offer to me because of your great love. Not based on anything I have done. Cleanse me and make me your child. By faith, I receive you into my heart as the Son of God and as Savior and Lord of my life. From now on, help me live for you with you in control. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Welcome to the family. Feel free to give us a, a shout out on our Facebook page or our Instagram page or on our, uh, you can email us at alptrinity1 at gmail.com or, you know, however you choose to reach out to us. But we want to know if you received Christ, we want to make a, a information and materials available to you if you have for your next steps. And if you need a help finding a faith-based Bible teaching, Bible believing church home. We have resources available to you. So we look forward to hearing from you. We are excited for you. Welcome to the family. We love you and God bless you. Welcome home, Columbia. Beautiful, beautiful.